today on Standing Alone. So I think, and maybe just me as a pastor and people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, I think the honest truth is that most Christians are left scratching their heads about how to pray, hoping, just, just hoping that they're doing it right, hoping that God is hearing them, hoping that God will answer. So what I want to do here is simplify it. I want to be practical and biblical about how we need to pray, because I think this is so critical for our spiritual growth, critical for our daily life. It's critical for our walk with Christ. So let me try to help you with your habit of prayer. You're listening to Standing in the Gap, standing for truth in a fallen world. Welcome to Standing in the Gap, Standing Alone with Josh Tompkins, a topical discussion designed to offer listeners a pastoral insight from a biblical foundation regarding a variety of issues in the world around us. I'm your host, Mike Cross. Today we'll hear from Pastor Josh Tompkins as we continue our series on spiritual habits as today he talks about the discipline of prayer in our lives as Christians. And now here's Josh. Welcome to another episode of Standing in the Gap. As many of you know, we made our comeback by starting a summer series on spiritual habits. I think by now we all know what a habit is. Habits are very easily defined as something we continually do, something we do without thinking about it, something that comes naturally, almost automatically to us. It's a routine. That's why it's called a habit. And we all have habits, whether they're good or bad. I have some coffee habits that my wife would say might be bad habits. I like to drink a whole pot of coffee right before bed. It's almost natural. I mean, it's something I do every night. At a certain time, I'll go and make a, a pot of coffee. Whether that's a good or bad habit, it's a habit it's something i do naturally it's something i do without thinking about it and we all have that and and i think you know that habits will make us or break us if you got good habits you'll have a it'll help you out in life if you have bad habits it'll it'll be bad for you in life and it's the same thing in our spiritual life we all have spiritual habits there's there's bad habits in our spiritual life that have a negative effect on our spiritual life and there's good habits that'll have a positive effect on our lives so obviously we need to learn to develop good spiritual habits it'll be good for our souls and that's our goal here in this series and we're going to continue it throughout the summer and probably do something different in the fall but this summer we want to help you the listener people who out there listening to to what we're putting out help you to develop good habits help the listeners to as you develop good habits to grow spiritually and i think that's one of the most important things for us as christians if not the most important thing for us as christians is that we grow that we aim to grow that we strive for maturity i think that was paul's main desire for the church and it's my desire for the listeners and my church we want maturity. We, we want to grow. Discipleship. That, that's what we're after. So we started this series with, a, well, I think we did three episodes on reading. Uh, it was And it was first for a reason. Uh, we do this thing, these things methodically. We think these things out. Because reading is the most important discipline in the Christian life. The intake of the Word of God. Reading, learning, growing in knowledge. I, I say this is not just number one on the list of, of things we need to develop as Christians. It's number two. It's number three. It, it's it's at the top of the priority list of things we need to do to grow is to read the Bible, read about doctrine and theology. So we went through all those things. And I think the next on the list is to pray. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just spend a few minutes trying to help our listeners develop a habit of prayer, good habits of prayer, because I think we can have some bad habits as well. Uh, so let's get started with the the, the habit of prayer. Prayer is a, is a common thing amongst everybody. I, I think anybody you run into in the world is going to say they pray. We know Christians pray. It is, uh, I, th- I believe, the first cry of the regenerate heart is, is to pray. Uh, it's uh, what we do immediately when our heart is changed, when, when we're saved. We pray, we ask forgiveness, we call upon the name of the Lord, we confess our sins, and then it can 
continues and never ends from the day we're saved until the day we die. We are a praying people. So all Christians pray or should pray. Our life should become a never ending conversation with God. Uh, but not just Christians. We know that other religions pray. They may pray differently than, than we do. And I, and I know they do. They say prayers. Catholics say prayers. Mormons pray. Muslims pray probably more than Christians do. Uh, they pray two or three times a day. They have a habit of praying. We can even say that non-religious people pray. They may say things like vibes. Uh, I'm sending positive vibes your way or uh, my thoughts are with you. But deep down, they know what it is. They, they, they pray. Uh, I've had uh, non-religious people ask me to pray for them. They call me. They call us as a church. They beg us to call out to God on their behalf. They know whether they want to admit it or not that there's a higher power and they need his help. Again, admittedly or not. The old saying is there's no atheist in a foxhole. So there's a lot of praying taking place among the religious, among Christians, among the non-religious. Everybody prays. But the problem is there's lots of prayer, but very little effect. That's the problem because I think prayer is, for most people, a confusing issue. I think it's confused by a lot of people because you see, again, you see it a lot. I see people with their Facebook comments praying for you. I see people around dinner tables praying. You see it at sporting events, political events. Uh, you see it at church all the time, but you don't see a lot of clarity on it. You don't see a lot of people that understand it. There's a lot of confusion out there about it. There's a lot of questions that people have. One of the most common questions I get from people is, how do I pray? What should I pray for? How long should I pray? Uh, should my hands be put together while I pray? Should my head be bowed? Should my hat be off? There's a lot of confusion about prayer. Uh, and I, I don't see a lot of good answers out there. I mean, you can Google it and you'll, you can't find anything. You, most churches aren't teaching people how to pray. I saw an article the other day online where this pastor put out, here's my help on prayer. Here, here's This will help your prayer life. And I clicked on it. I need that. I want to know how to pray. And I clicked on it and it confused me. It was more complicated than anything I'd ever seen. It was a like a dial with putting your prayer life into five minute increments and trying to pray about different things. And I thought, there's no way I can figure that out. It, it's just more confusion for me. Uh, there's a lot of craziness out there. You know, you'll hear men talk about how they pray for an hour or two. They're wearing out their knees. They're bragging about their prayer life. And it makes me and others feel like failures. So I think, maybe just me as a pastor and people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, I think the honest truth is that most Christians are left scratching their heads about how to pray, hoping, just, just hoping that they're doing it right, hoping that God is hearing them, hoping that God will answer. So what I want to do here is simplify it. I want to be practical and biblical about how we need to pray, because I think this is so critical for our spiritual growth, critical for our daily life. It's critical for our walk with Christ. So let me try to help you with your habit of prayer. I'm no expert. I'm not even close. There's so many people that have been praying a whole lot longer than I have, but I want to do my best to help. So here we go. I want to do some do's and some don'ts to prayer. I'm going to give you a handful of don'ts first, and then we'll do a handful of do's. Uh, so let, let me, and I want to be biblical. I want to be practical. I want to be simple. Uh, so let's look at these, the don'ts of your prayer life, the habit of prayer. Number one, do not, don't be a hypocrite in your prayers. Don't make your prayers. This, this is biblical. This is Jesus in Luke, uh, Luke 18, the Pharisee making a pu open show of his prayer. This is Jesus in Matthew 6 and the Sermon on the Mount. Don't pray like the hypocrites do. They love to stand and they, they love to pray to be seen and, and heard. They prayed to be bragged on. They, they prayed to be thought well of. Uh, they made their prayer life a spectacle, a show. They used giant words and dramatic gestures. Uh, they were doing their best to, to get people to brag on them because of their prayer life. So don't do that. 
Don't don't be a hypocrite in your prayers. And I know what you're thinking. I'm no, I don't do that. I don't stand in the in the corner and, and pray to be heard. But we do. Here's here's a couple of ways that we can be hypocrites in our prayer life. We can do it in public. I, I see it a lot. I've probably done it myself. When I act just like one of those Pharisees, just like one of those hypocrites. When I'm talking not so much to God, but I'm talking about God. I'm talking at the people. Uh, you got to be careful with that. Or if you're praying and you're using language that you wouldn't normally use in your prayer life. I've heard people that when they pray, they use this big, profound words. And it sounds like they're reading the, the King James Version of the Bible. And I guess that's okay but that's not how you speak in your everyday life why are you using those words to impress god or to impress other people Uh, god doesn't need our grand words like our mothers don't need more than just our baby talk charles spurgeon said a single groan before god may have more fullness of prayer in it than a fine oration of great length so we don't need this big grand words in our prayer so that's how we can do it in public and we can also do it in private i've seen people that think their prayer life is great it's spectacular they brag about it they feel good about it they think it makes them good and right and, and holy i've heard people say i you know i'm a prayer warrior uh, god they act like god's so proud of them because they spend so much time in prayer they talk about it post about it brag about it journal about it they think they're the best at it um they, they, they say, i'm glad i don't pray like such and such i'm glad i don't pray like this church or this denomination i'm i'm, I'm a i'm better than that you know what that is it's praying like a hypocrite so let's not fall into the trap of being hypocritical in our prayers Number two on the don't list, don't use meaningless repetition. Again, these are biblical. This isn't my opinion. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, when you pray, don't use vain repetition as the heathen do because they think they'll be heard for their much words. That word vain, don't use vain repetition, means empty. It means useless. It means thoughtless. Jesus is warning us that repeating worthless phrases in our prayers doesn't get them heard by God. These phrases are, are just words without meaning. We often say our prayers, and we just use words without even thinking about what words we're using. It doesn't have to be something you repeat or something, some mantra that you say every single time. You could just be saying words and without any meaning behind them at all. Just saying, bless this and bless that. What does that mean? What does bless mean? Put words into it. You could say, be with this one or be with that one. What does that mean? Hedge of protection. What does that mean? We use meaningless, vain words all the time and act like they're going to have any power to them. We need to be careful that we don't use vain words. I don't think God is concerned with our word count. I don't think God is concerned with our flowery expressions or our mantras. God desires truth in the inward parts. God isn't after our words. He's after our hearts. God isn't after our lists. He's after our longings. James Montgomery Boyce said the prayer is a soul's sincere desire, uttered or even unexpressed. So we need to be careful that we don't use vain words, empty words in our prayer life. Number three on the don't list. This is a good one. I like this one. Don't try to manipulate God. I see this a lot. God is not a genie. God is not Santa Claus. Many today use God in their prayers just to get what they want out of him. I've heard people say these these things, and you probably have too. If you want God to answer your prayer, just blank. And they'll give you something to say, something to do. Or if you do this, God will do this. Or if you have enough faith, then God will do this. If you say in Jesus' name, then God has to do this. It's almost like rub the lamp, say the right phrase, and you'll get what you want out of it. We've reduced our prayers to a formula. It's like God is a genie, he's a Santa Claus, or he's a vending machine. If I push the the right buttons then the chips will fall down and that's the wrong way to pray we don't find anybody praying like that in the bible when we pray it's not our job to try and manipulate god to get our answers 
It's not our job. It's our job to ask God and to trust him with the answer, not to manipulate to get an answer. God is not our personal genie. God is our loving father. Sometimes he will answer. Sometimes he will override us. But he's always going to do what's best for us. So that was number three. Number four, don't. This is another good one. It might make some people mad for, on this one. Don't listen in prayer. I've heard a lot of people say that. We have to listen for God to speak when we pray. I've heard people say that prayer is a two-way conversation, that I'm going to speak to God and just spend a few quiet minutes, in this, and I'll hear a still, small voice, and just listen. There's articles on that. There's sermons on that. There's, I, mean, I hear it from people all the time. I'm just listening for God to speak. I don't mean to be mean about it. I don't want to laugh about it. This may sound controversial, but I say don't listen. And here's why. Because I believe wholeheartedly that God does speak today, but God speaks only through his living and active word. And God will speak to you today through his inspired word. If you read it prayerfully, if you read it dependently, God will speak to you through his word. I don't doubt that God gives impressions and God gives guidance. He can do that. But in my own sinful flesh, it's hard for me to figure out what's God and what's me. But I can know for sure that in the Bible, I have a rock-solid, dependable message from God. So if I want a reliable message from God, I don't need to listen. I need to read. So don't listen in your prayers. Number five on the don't list, don't pray alone. When we think of prayer most of the time, and, and it's, it's, it's good, Matthew 6 talks about going into your prayer closet alone. It's, it's, you, prayer is usually personal. It's good. You go into your prayer closet. You spend your quiet time with God. It's me and God. I, I can have my Bible open and God can speak to me and then I can speak to God in prayer. And that's great. That's fantastic. We need to do that. But we also need to think of praying with others. It's important to pray with other people. I pray with my wife. I pray with my kids. I pray with those who come to me personally. I'll go to the hospitals. was in the hospital last week praying with people who had surgery, people who had new babies. It's good to pray with other people. But it's also good to pray with your church. It's important to play, pray with other believers. We don't do this much anymore. We have transition prayers on our Sunday mornings. Most of the time, it's nothing of substance. What we need is what the early church did. They met on a regular basis, Acts chapter 2. They met on a regular basis to pray with each other. I believe there's something powerful about the church coming together and praying. And you don't see it anymore. Again, Sunday mornings, there's not a whole lot of prayers of substance going on. Sunday night, there's not a whole prayer of substance going on. We'll pray over offerings. We'll pray for the sermon. But are we really praying together? That's why I love the Wednesday night service. It may be a smaller service and very few showing up. But the ones that do gather together, whether it's 15, whether it's 30, whether it's 45. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we had 60 to show up and we sit and pray together? It's good for us. It'll edify us. It'll unify us as a church. To those that are alone, it can be them sharing their burdens and their struggles. It can be encouraging for us to hear other people pray for us and for our requests. It builds us in love. It shares our concerns. It's good for us to pray together. Now, I don't think there's anything in the Bible that says it's more powerful or more effective for us to pray together. But I do believe it has a positive effect upon us individually and even corporately. And we ought to do it as often as possible, praying together. Don't just pray alone. Pray with your church. Pray with others. So there's your don'ts. I think it was five don'ts there. We're going to take a break, and we'll come right back, and we'll go through the, the do list of our prayers. Here at West End Baptist Church, we offer a variety of outreach ministries, and we'd like to take an opportunity to let our listeners know a little bit about what all we've got going on. From 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. every Thursday, everyone is welcome to come and visit our clothes closet, where we offer a variety of apparel donated to us by our community. 
If you or someone you know are in need of clothes, come down and see us at the Clothes Closet. Again, that's every Thursday from 10 a.m. until 12 p.m. And remember, if you'd like to make donations, bring them by while the Clothes Closet is open. Please do not leave donations outside of the church when the Clothes Closet is closed. And as always, we are so thankful for all of your support. Don't forget about our feeding ministry, Mills of Love. On the third Thursday of every month from 4 p.m. until 7 p.m., we invite all of our community to join us for a warm meal and fellowship. Everyone is welcome, so if you're in the area and you'd like a warm meal, stop in and see us and bring your family and friends along, too. We also want to let our listeners know about Refuge, our addiction support ministry. Every third Tuesday of the month from 6 p.m. until 7 p.m., we host a warm and friendly opportunity to meet our church family as well as others who may be suffering from the clutches of an overpowering addiction in life. We understand how devastating this can be to you and your loved ones, and we are passionate about helping people find the right path to recovery. So if you or anyone you know are suffering from an addiction of any kind and you don't know where to turn, let us help. Everything at Refuge is kept strictly confidential and our doors are open to everyone. For a detailed list of these as well as other outreach ministries, check out our website at www.westendbsg.org. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Okay, and we're back. Let's get back to our uh, do's and don'ts of our prayer life. We we did the five don'ts, and now let's look at the, the five do's of our prayer life. And these are probably the, the best ones that we can look at. I know those don'ts is, is hard for us to hear. So sometimes we do make mistakes, and, and we have a hard time with our prayer life. Uh, so just, just take those in, in, into your thoughts and see what you think about them. Uh, but let's go ahead and do the do's. Uh, I'm going to give you, I, th- I think I've got five do's. And uh, then, then we'll be done. Number one on the do's, do pray with a plan. Uh, Robert Murray McShane said, and it was said about Robert Murray McShane, that he dwelled at the mercy seat as if it were his home. So he was, he was somebody who you could look up to in prayer. Um, he said that much of his prayer time was spent in preparing to pray. Uh, so he spent a lot of time planning to pray. That's valuable and wise insight into prayer from a guy who knew what he was doing. So we have to. That's, that's good. We need we need to prepare and plan for our prayer life. We do it for everything else in life. In my family, we can't go anywhere without planning. Uh, I've got a wife and four kids, and every trip that we take, we have to pack bags. We have to get things ready, extra clothes, extra this. You have to plan. We have to prepare. If we don't, there's too many obstacles, too much trouble. We'll never make it if we don't plan. It's the same thing for in, in the gym. If you don't prepare before you go in the gym, you just can't go in there and go for it. You know, I don't know what body part I want to do. I don't know what machine I want to use. I don't know how much weight I want to put on. If you're going to go into the gym, you better be sure you have a plan before you get in there or you're really going to be wasting your time. And I think that's the same thing for our prayer life. You can't just go in there haphazardly throwing things around, not knowing what you're going to pray for or how you're going to pray it. You need to go in with a plan to pray. Uh, if we don't have a plan, there's too, just too many obstacles. The devil will fight us. Our flesh will fight us. Distractions will fight us. We'll fall asleep. We need to have a plan. We need, we need to plan a set time. I'm big on that. We have to set a time. When, when am I going to pray? Am I going to pray in the mornings? I mean, you don't have to pray in the mornings, but is that the best time for you to pray? Uh, maybe you, you pray better in the middle of the day. Maybe you pray better at night. Maybe I don't know when your best time to pray is. Maybe you pray the best when you're driving. I don't know when it is, but you need to set a time and say, I'm going to plan to pray at this time. And not only is you're going to plan a set time, but plan a set place. Uh, we talk about prayer closets. I don't have a prayer closet. I know where it's best for me to pray. Uh, I think it's it's best for me. It's hard for me to pray at home sometimes, especially with kids running around and knocking on doors 
and different things. I think it's best for me to pray in my office, in my study here at the church. Uh, I can close my door. I can I can spend some time praying for certain people in the church and over certain things. So you need to find a set place. Where is it good for me? And this 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 is you need to think about it. When's the best time? When's the best place? And you need to have a set prayer. What will I ask for? What will I say? I'm going to the throne room of God. I need to have a plan. I need to know what I want to pray about, who I want to pray for. We must know what we are setting out to do before we do it. So just like Robert Murray McShane said, we need to pray with a plan. That's that's valuable for us. Number two, we need to pray with faith. There's no true prayer without faith. The Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe. There's the faith that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we need to have faith in our prayers. Not just that we plan and prepare, but we have faith when we pray. The problem is we're often practical atheists in that we, we pray and we pray for things, but we don't expect anything to happen. Richard Sibbs, an old Puritan, says, It is atheism to pray and not to wait in hope. We often forget that, that we are praying to a living, personal God, a loving God, and He's listening to us and concerned about us, and He's willing and ready to answer us. So we must have faith that God can answer us. If you have faith in that, I, I know that when I pray for this, and no matter what it is, that God can answer it. It may be cancer, but I believe God can answer that. I believe God has the power to heal any cancer. It, you know, it may be somebody on their deathbed. I have faith that God can answer that. Somebody that's lost, so far from God that you can never imagine them being saved. I have faith that God can save them. There's nobody to too far from God for him to save. I have faith in that. You have to have faith that God can answer your prayer. Not only that God can, but that he will. It's just like turning on a light switch. You have faith that when you turn on that light switch, it's going to come on. So when you pray, you need to be like, yeah, I believe God's going to answer me. And then ultimately the, the last one, and this is good, that God's answer is what's going to be what's best for me. I trust him in it. If God says yes to me, I trust him in it. Trusting God that he will do what's best for me. Because we know God is much, much wiser. Pray specifically. Be very specific in your prayers. There's times to pray generally, yes, in our praise. Sometimes we're not very specific in that. Or in our, in our prayer for our nation, God bless America. We'll, we'll say that. Or, or we'll say even for our missionaries. God bless, I heard a kid say that the other day. God bless every missionary in every land across the world. It's good. That's fine. Pray generally in those areas. But primarily, our prayers should be specific. Charles Spurgeon said, To make prayer of any value, there should be definite objects for which we plead. He said, My brethren, we often ramble in our prayers after this, that, and the other, and we get nothing because in each we do not really desire anything at all. So don't plead with God for sinners in general. Name names. Don't pray that our church will be blessed. Name names in your church. Go through your pews. Who's in there? Pray for your pastor. Pray for him by name. We need to take names to God. Be simple. Be direct. And be specific in your prayers. Number four, pray faithfully. The Bible says pray without ceasing. That means that it's, it's nonstop. It's, it's ongoing. That we, we never end our prayers. That, that there's pleading involved in prayer. That there's begging involved in prayer. That there's persisting in prayer. That there's never giving up. When we don't feel like praying, we ought to pray. The best thing we can do when we don't want to pray is pray. When you don't think your prayers are being answered, you know what you do? Pray. This is often when we need to pray the most is when we don't feel like praying, when we don't want to pray, when we feel like our prayers aren't going through the, the top of the ceiling. We need to pray. We need to pray without ceasing. Pray faithfully. Pray begging God to do it. Never give up. Never never let up. You have lost family members, lost loved ones. Don't just give up and wash your hands with them and say it's done. God's not answering that. No, that's when you need to start praying the most. We have a list at our church for lost loved ones that we pray over every Wednesday night. Pray faithfully.
Number five, and this will be the last one, and we'll, we'll finish. Pray actively. We ask God for things. We beg God for things. And then we get up and do what we can. It's common that we pray. Again, we ask God to do certain things for us. We ask him to save. We ask him to bless. We ask him to grow our church. We ask him to make us holy. I ask him to make me a better preacher, a better father, a better husband. But then when we get up, it's also common for us to just go out and we wait. God, make me a better father. I'm just waiting for you to, from heaven, make me a better father. I'm just waiting for you from heaven to make us a bigger church. I'm just waiting for you from heaven to to make me a better preacher. I'm just waiting for you from heaven to, to save such and such. I'm just waiting for you to bless we do nothing and we'll wonder why god isn't answering i think we need to be active in our prayers understand that sometimes god uses us to be the answer to our own prayers if you want god to save somebody understand that god uses us as a means to accomplish that end that we need to get out and how will they know without a preacher i I need to be the one to go and share the gospel with them i need to be the one that goes out and works hard to see that my church grows I need to be the one that is a blessing to somebody that I'm praying God will bless. Sometimes God uses us to be the answer to our own prayers. We're sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting for God to answer. Why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering? When in reality, he's like, why aren't you doing your part? Why aren't you doing anything? So we need to be active in our prayers. Again, if we want God to grow our church or or see lost people saved, do your part. You want to be a better father or husband? Do what you can and trust God to do the rest. The Bible never tells us to let go and let God. We must pray, but we also must actively work to be the answer to our own prayers. So there it is, five do's, five don'ts. And this isn't a comprehensive list. It's not even a perfect list. I get that. Somebody could listen to this and say, oh, you know, he didn't add this. He didn't add that. Shouldn't have said this. Shouldn't have said that. My goal isn't to have a perfect list or a comprehensive list. My goal is to get you thinking about how you pray, about if you pray, about when you pray. And my hope and prayer is that it'll encourage and help you with your habit of prayer. That maybe listening to this has made you want to pray more, pray better. And at the end of the day, there's really only one do that I want you to leave with. And that is do pray. You may not be any good at prayer. You may not think you you can pray. But at the end of the day, do pray. So think about it. Which of these challenged you the most here? Which one can you do today to have a better prayer life? Again, my prayer in in doing this episode is that God would guide us into a deeper and more effective prayer life. Thanks. And again, that's Pastor Josh Tompkins from West End Baptist Church. And we want to remind our listeners that we love hearing from you. So if you have biblical questions and you'd like to have them answered, please send them to us by logging on to our website at www.westmbsg.org and leave them there. Also search our website for a complete list of our outreach ministries and church services. And be sure to look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at West End Baptist Church. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.